I have been impressed with the urgency of doing. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Being willing is not enough. We must do. Leonardo da Vinci. Bending, Not Breaking. Season 3, Episode 18. Sozin's Comet, Part 1. The Phoenix King. And welcome back to another episode of Bending, Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. I'm Ben Pruitt. And we've got Max here. He's nudging those dials. He's slightly adjusting things, making us sound good. How you doing, Max? I'm the king of nudge, baby. The Phoenix King. The king of nudging. Which would you rather be? <laughs> Not the king. Max, of... if you if you had an animal that you Hold really on. liked that described you, I want to you. make a clarification. Not the king of nudging, just the king of nudge, baby. <laughs> All right. Is there a difference? I've heard it both ways. All right. Well, what's an like an animal that you feel like represents you? An animal that you really like. A that... bear. Great. You would be the bear king. Oh, is that what that means? Koala bear king. What about like Ganga bear king? Can I just be friends with like Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> you think you and Winnie the Pooh would get along? I don't want to like be his king, but I'd 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 hang the heck out with Winnie. Just kick back, right? When he, he said he it, does nothing all the time. I think regularly about the movie Christopher Robin. When, Which is strange because it's a it's fine. When you and McGregor is saying like. Pooh, why do you have to be so exuberant about everything? And Pooh just says, exuberant. <laughs> that is a very Max joke. I, just cause it's, just cause I think it's, about that regularly. Because of Pooh? Like, because he, he made a Pooh joke? No, because he put his name in something. He punned. He punned it out. As somebody with a name that has, can be used in a lot of puns, Max, uh, I appreciate that Pooh did it. Exuberant. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how often I think about that. Again, that movie is fine. It, it wasn't great. Eeyore really steals the show, but Expuberant is the best moment in cinematic history, probably. But you also love the quote that they say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing all the time. I do love that quote, yeah. Which is also funny. Funnily think... enough, we are not watching this on our Patreon but Max's choice could involve something else. Max, what are you choosing for this coming month? There's no way to know for sure. It's a mystery. But but, the, but you're choosing, so... Yeah, but I don't know what I'm choosing. Poozing. <laughs> ben, we are looking at Sozin's Comet. The, this, is the, this is it. Part one. We're in the finale. This is the... Not of the show. There are four parts to this yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what it's all been coming towards. I this know. is all what it's been accumulating you, we, and like just and coming together for. I can't believe we're almost done. It feels weird. Yeah, we've watched a lot of Avatar. Yeah, a lot. That's so true. <laughs> so many times. Oof. Because I would say on average we watched an episode probably three times before recording. At least. If that's not, a lot. That's a lot of Avatar. Well, that and like and then rewatching it on, and then like you know, yeah, it's interesting. And we're talking about part one, the Phoenix King, through a lens of urgency. Urgency. But before we yeah. get into that, our patrons picked that. They did, which I like it. I yeah, like, I like it. I'm we're here for talk it. Talk about it. But I've got to do my part. 
I've got to do what I say I will do. You should always do what you say you will do. I try. Dewizwida. Dewizwida. Terrible acronym, but great leadership, you know, acronym, I guess. It's, I tell you what, it's a good acronym if you can remember it, and I remember it. That's fair. Dewizwida. <laughs> do what you say you will do. You got 30 seconds on the clock so I can recap this sucker? I always have 30 seconds on my clock. Why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, why do you just I, always have 30 seconds queued up on your clock? Tell I me just, more. I, I feel attacked. Three, two, one, go. Aang leaves the training session with the gang and decides to have a beach party. Zuka gets upset and chases Aang around, and then Aang's had enough, and then reveals that they are going to attack after the comet. And Zuka says, that's probably not a really good idea. And the, the gang decides they can do it together. And then they train, and they do the Melon Lord, and then Sokka brings the gang in for this exercise, and they do that, and then Aang realizes he can't... He can't kill. He can't kill the Melon Lord. Uh, he sleepwalks to an island. They search Five for seconds. him. We cut to Azula going to meet her father and not going on the trip. And then we cut back to Aang and the gang with June. Without Aang. It was just the gang and June from the earlier episodes. How do you so, feel about your, so your the recap? the gang goes searching for him. Without it, but it's not the, get, they go the find, gut they go get They go get June. How do you feel about your recap? <sighs> fine i feel fine about it yeah fine yeah it doesn't always have to feel great but i feel good max how do you feel about his recap this is not judge sunshine time max did not deign to respond i it seemed uh, it covered much more than i knew about the episode there we go see we played our purpose urgency let's be urgent ben yeah, you let's, seemed really urgent in your recap. Let's do what we're supposed to do and be urgent. Isn't that one of those? To what, what is urgency? Is that one of the di- Divergent films? Just yeah. urgent? Yeah. <laughs> Half the cast of the original. Why? Because there's no dive. It's just the urgent. Oh, I see. Yeah. When you have to explain jokes, though. Ben, what is urgency? Yeah, I mean, urgency... Is that feeling you get where you have a deadline and you are slowly approaching said deadline and the urgency is what makes you want to finish what your what your task is before the deadline? How do you think about it? I think it can be this this thing that requires swift action mm, or the, mm-hmm, you, the, mm. the act of your the swiftly acting mm. swiftly mm-hmm, mm. and then it can't even be an earnest or persistent quality maybe insistent um mm. persistent and insistent quality and so that's what i talked about what does it mean for you though what 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 do you think about when you think of urgent yeah so what comes up for me is there's this really cool uh at work i learned about a, a diagram that um, puts into conversation the difference between important and urgent. And I really like that as a concept because if you kind of graph out your tasks as on a 1 to 10 scale of what's urgent versus a 1 to 10 scale of what's important. On like an X and Y axis. Sure. Yeah. Uh, then what that allows you to see is, oh, this is what I'm putting a lot of my mind and thought process into, but but it's not that important, right? Or it's not that urgent. So it might be really important, but it's not on my to-do list this week. 
this week because what's urgent, I need to get those done first. Well, it's interesting because th- those things will become urgent. Yeah. If you don't prep and prioritize and do this, right? If yeah, you yeah, forget yeah. about those things, which happens so often, I think, in a organization. It typically happens I'll get to it eventually. When, or I need you to do the, the these things. And yes, that's important, but we're not going to focus on it now. And then we just never end up focusing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, or never focus on it with any meaning or significance. Yeah. And then you're like, no, now this is urgent and it's important. Yeah. And, and I, we should have done this work years ago. Well, and I think most of the time what is urgent is also important. That is not always true, but because it is urgent, it and, receives more importance. And to who? Yeah, sure. Who, who's it more important to? Yeah. And if I'm talking about it in an organizational standpoint, what my boss thinks is important, I hope they share that with me. I hope we're on the same page with that. I hope communication's there. But there's a chance that I might not think that that's the most important thing. Sure. Um, and then that turns into what am I doing or what's getting left by the wayside. Well, and if, on the other hand, what they value as important is very urgent to them, but because there has been no communication about it, it is not urgent to you. It may be important to you. You may care deeply about it. But if it's not urgent to you, then are you going to be harshly evaluated on that because you didn't act on their urgency? Because it was never made clear that that was the expectation. Yeah. And let's Which, be real. That flows right into this first it moment. It sure does. <laughs> um, I felt that greatly. That the understanding of Zuko not understanding why they are not more urgent about these things. Well, and at first it doesn't come across as him not understanding why. It comes across as they don't care as much as he does. Right? That's the story that can be told. I mean, he is angry. He yeah. is livid because they're on the beach and he they're playing in the sand. He understands what's happening two days from now. Exactly. He was in on the the back, you know, backdoor meeting. And so he hasn't communicated that with them. There's a lapse there. But he they didn't think he needed to. They also haven't communicated that they're not planning on attacking till after the comment. Yes. And so you get this understanding of when you come to the dichotomy of what is urgent, what is important. Communication is pretty key. Absolutely. If you're working on a like, team. That's exactly what even I... Even if you're not working on a team, even if you're just working by yourself, plotting and thinking and planning and saying what's urgent, what's important, even on a personal level, and getting a clear idea is going to be helpful. Yeah. Clear is kind, right? Yes. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. And what we have right now is a communication breakdown where we are assuming that people know what's on our mind. People assume that we are on the same importance spectrum. People assume that we're on the same urgency spectrum. And it's so easy. I can totally see how Zuko would have just assumed that they would all have been on board because everything that they have done to this point has been about this moment. The difference is, like, for some reason, Zuko wasn't involved in that conversation. And I I think that that's interesting. Right? And it probably doesn't feel good. And it probably doesn't feel good, for sure. Like, it's just, I think information in Zuko's case here cause, we can look at it as a cause of urgency, right? To have more information about a uh, event that is coming can increase or reduce the amount of urgency one feels about said event. And because Zuko had something that increased urgency, 
to me, that is a signal where, okay, I need, that to me is now a flag where, okay, if I'm becoming more urgent based off something that I learned, I need to make sure that other people are hearing that same message. I need to clarify and say, hey, I just heard this. Did you hear the same thing? And if so, this is how I'm feeling. Do you feel like we need to be doing the same thing? Like it just, it calls me to be more, uh, to clarify. To seek to understand. Yeah. To, well, ask, the, to ask those questions, to recap in a way to make sure that you're getting the message that you need to. Well, critical thinking, what's going right? On. It's it's more about critical thinking because me responding to information is one thing, but it's me assessing how I am responding and making sure that's online with everybody else who is hearing that same information. Is our goal the same moving forward? Yes, especially if you're on a team, right? If you're working with others, that's to just, save the world. Yeah. Uh huh. That's potentially extra special. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like, especially like in partnerships where if you might be in a, you know, significant other partnership, if you learn something that makes you feel urgent about something that you're both involved in, it seems like we might want to share it. You might want to share your, your feelings on that. I think, and here's a question, and it's you can start an, calling me for dating advice. Uh, <laughs> I will offer it to you, uh, and, and I will relate it to Avatar in some way. <laughs> Avatar dating advice is, is definitely a Patreon episode in the future. Um, is lack of preparation a precursor to urgency? Say that one more time. Is lack of preparation a precursor to urgency? You know, that's interesting. So there's a large school of thought regarding procrastination. Uh, and they're not the same. Lack yes. of preparation versus procrastination, not necessarily the same thing. But yeah. uh, they will tie together, I expect. So a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of research that suggests that people work better under a time constraint. People... Fair. Like, there are people who experience better quality work when they are working under a time constraint. Totally see it. There are also people <laughs> who do not work better in that in that time frame. And so it's interesting to consider that in your question. So I, I think that a lack of preparation can indeed create a lot of urgency for something in the sense that urgency can cause i don't maybe it's not urgency maybe it's, to me it's more like dread because the, the right Fair. this this heightened anxiety to get something done quickly i think is where my head is at yeah and I, and I wonder if that's the same as urgency i wonder like if that's like under the umbrella of urgency but not necessarily urgency here's where i think it might be a little bit different I think preparation and doing the work prior allows you to be a better procrastinator a lot of the times. If you've done the preparation to be able to do certain skills quickly without having to think about it heavily. Mm -hmm. It's probably unfair to say that the gang wasn't prepared. They didn't have a lot of time to begin with from season one to now. It was a very quick span of Aang knew they were pushing it to learn all bending and, and all of these things. And yes, all of it happened, but... And he hasn't mastered the elements correct. yet. So we know that the time frame was... There wasn't a lot there for him. But I think I was saying the more prepared you are, the more work that you put forth, the more flexibility it allows you to have in changing plans having to deal with things that pop up when they when they pop up that are different 
when you put in that work earlier on, it allows you to be more prepared for changes or missteps or anything else to come along the way that you weren't expecting. Yeah. So I, I hear you. And I, I think that this date has been coming regardless of how much they prepared. Right. Correct. So at some point, the urgency, it, like this is still a, like someone could have said that this is an urgent matter when they uh, episode one, season one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hundred years before that, could have said it was an urgent, right? Yeah. And so, to it, like, how are we going to define urgency in the sense that is urgent? It is no longer urgent once I am prepared. Is it because there is it no longer urgent once I have done everything that I can do to the point that I would be now? Hard, I'm ready for now. I'm things to happen. There's it's it's all like the hurry up and wait mindset. Which that's where I think, that's where I think you'd want to be in this moment. Well, sure, if you had the time to do it. But at some point, what does that create in this? In terms of like, I, never enough. But in that's a way. why I think Zuko doesn't feel prepared. He doesn't feel like the gang is prepared, and so I think that's where his urgency is coming from. Is we've got to catch up and do this work now, so that we can be ready for the next forty-eight hours. And I'm not seeing that happen, and I'm very confused as to why. Yeah, I I think it for me I'm in school mode right now, so thinking about studying is really something that I find this conversation happens a lot. Where a lot of people will study over time and get it all like they'll do the prep work, if you will, and they'll they'll study over time so that the night before they get a decent night's sleep, they wake up, they are. There's no anxiety about said urgency. The test is still tomorrow, but there's no anxiety regarding that well, urgency. I've done the work. I've done the However, work. However, there are some people who do all of that studying, still stay up the whole night before, and then suffer because they didn't get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Or like ver various other things. And so for, for me, the question is not whether something is urgent or not. It's how am I responding to that urgency? I think that's fair. Right? Yeah. Because, and I think that's what's really important, is how are we responding to the urgent feeling? Is it causing us anxiety? Is it causing us... Uh, stress. Stress, whatever it may Elevated be. Elevated blood pressure, all these things that Zuko is clearly experiencing. Yeah, like, and I... I it's hard to place judgment on one's response to urgency. You know, right? Because we have to figure out where that's coming from. Like again, it's a communication thing. Help, help me understand why this is so urgent to you. And again, we we see we, Zuko more than any of them knows firsthand what Ozai can do. Zuko has experienced what Ozai can do, right? And has witnessed it and knows what he's planning. And again, I think it comes back to that amount of information like because we see the, the the gang shift in urgency once they have that information oh yeah zuko says big shift hey waiting might not be a great idea and they get on board yeah well and Toph then is the melon lord well Sokka and then plays his role everyone's jumping in and then immediately with with that Sokka, upon ang choosing not to you know kill the melon lord Sokka gets angry. He says, what's wrong with you, right? Whereas if he didn't have this information, I don't know that he would have said that. 
So at what point does like this reaction to urgency force us outside of our boundaries as well? Absolutely. Definitely worth something bringing up is when we are living in a place of anxiety and, and urgency and it's now and it's got to happen and we've got to do these things, we are more likely to act outside of our value system. And I think we see that. There's a moment in here that I think highlights that. Um, my question was, does urgency increase our opportunity for empathetic missteps? And you see that in Toph. And, and I think the answer is yes. And you see it in Toph and Zuko. This moment where Toph is so excited to have her moment with Zuko, her life-changing field trip. Yeah. She bears her heart and soul, which may or may not be emotional floodlighting at the time. It might not have been the place. But she does it. And Zuko is just like, that's rough, buddy. And Except not in the empathetic way he said it before. Yeah, he was more empathetic when he said it to Sokka. Yeah, that stinks, but we really got to focus on this. Is really Well, and again, his urgency to find Aang because he knows the world is ending makes it so that he's unable to be empathetic in this moment. Absolutely. And, and I, so I think my question then is, how do we respond to urgency without letting it dictate our values filter uh, that was a poor way to ask that question um how do we ensure that our values aren't changed when urgent things arrive sure how do we make sure that we are responding within our values when under the pressure of urgency right that was three ways of asking the same question if you have another way to phrase I think that we nailed question it. yeah we got there can... <laughs> I think for me, it's a self-awareness piece that has to exist of how are you feeling about things and going back to our earlier conversation of what do you need to do to feel good about navigating urgent situations? Yes. Do you need to be prepped early on? Because if you do, do that because that's going to help you live inside your value system when urgent things arrive. If working off the fly is something that works well and is something that you thrive in and is something that you can still do with inside your value system you may be able to do that but i think you have to have the personal self-awareness to understand the way that you behave and that takes time and that takes asking friends and your your square sheet your list well and it's also one of those things where i there's a quote out there somewhere and i'm gonna butcher it but uh it's not my responsibility to respond to your emergency what is it it's um your emergencies are not my emergencies something along those lines something along those lines your <clears throat> your procrastination is not my emergency another way to phrase it right it's is that the way is that the way it is is that the phrase i've heard that before i'll look it up but yes correct but there, there's this there's this concept where just because you made a mistake that doesn't mean that it's my emergency now it doesn't like just because you are in this urgent important mode doesn't mean that I am also in this urgent important mode, and I I, I think that that comes from I I don't know I don't have a good answer. Poor planning on your part does not necessitate an emergency on mine. Yes, Bob Carter. That's, that's the one I. That's that's it. That's mm -hmm. the one I heard. Um so what what are your thoughts on that quote? Because I have mixed feelings. I think it's fair to set boundaries. And in the guise of setting boundaries, I think that quote makes sense. 
I've got these things that I have to do. I've got these things that I need to get done. You dropping this on me does not necessarily make it my priority if I'm not in a space where I'm able to handle it. Yeah. And sometimes if we can make space to help handle those things, we can give grace and handle those things. Well, it also is a shift from individual to group. So this, my poor planning, I'll admit, and this is, we are all working towards the same goal. And you not helping me in this moment is preventing us from achieving a whole. Well, and it makes me think of group projects that you yeah. had to do in class. So it's, we're going to get this done because we need to. And let's have an accountability conversation about what can happen the next time. Yeah. And again, and I think that's, we have to have follow-up. We have to be in relationship for, for this. These aren't one, um, one instance things that happen. This is something that is, we have to continue to work on the relationship past these moments. And I, and I think that one of the things I love about, uh, love as a concept is that we love isn't something we give or get it's something we nurture and grow but it doesn't survive when it gets hurt so when there's shame blame disrespect betrayal uh if those instances that they need to be few and far between rare and if they do happen they have to be healed so how do we take these moments where we have like lashed out due to this sense of urgency that we feel we've stepped outside of our boundaries. How do we then step back in and say, I was feeling urgent. This felt really urgent to me. I am sorry that I acted that way. Like it just, it's hard, right? It's a culmination of a lot of soft skills, quote unquote, soft skills that we have already acknowledged. Soft skills are, are very hard. They're very Super difficult. Real skills. To, <laughs> but it takes a culmination of that. It takes a self-awareness to be able to say, I'm acting outside of my values. It takes empathy to be able to understand how that came off to someone else. One of the, one of humility. my biggest pet peeves, so much humility, is the the apology of I'm sorry you took it that way. Oh my gosh. To not do that takes a lot of humility, a lot of self-work. So it's a pet peeve of mine, but I know it's very difficult to not do, and I know why people do it. Of it's a it's almost like a pseudo protection method of saying i'm sorry that you took it that way but i'm a good person so mm -hmm. like you shouldn't have taken it that way and so it's kind of your fault um to be able to to apologize correctly takes work to be to be empathetic takes work to have that humility takes work and it is a blow to an ego and can potentially be a shame trigger and so to be able to say i'm sorry that was on me genuinely mean it and have it received that way and being okay if it's not received well because that's the that's the other part is you've also got to be okay with someone saying yeah i'm not in a place to accept that apology right now yeah okay <laughs> right like the, all of that all of that is so much to navigate and so when you have to do that to repair and mend uh from the way that you've behaved in urgent situations is a lot and then it takes a lot of work to not do that when you're in those urgent situations. But I would almost argue that like frantic, urgent, frantic could almost be added to the uh, hungry, angry. Oh, halt. Halt. Yeah. yeah hungry, angry, lonely, lonely and tired. tired. 
and urgent. <laughs> well, and, I, and I think I had a question. Do do urgencies build upon each other? Halt to. Um, terrible. <laughs> but do those things build upon each you other? You halt. Stop. <laughs> do those things build upon each other in such a way that the more and more that it happens, the more urgent things become, and then the more urgent stuff that gets piled on behind it only increases that, that your behavior is going to go further and further down that spiral if well, you don't it, find a way to intervene. Yes. Abs- like, yes. Well, and that's I think that's what's beautiful about HALT <laughs> is that, that the acronym is meant when you are feeling one of those things. It's a, it's a reminder to HALT, to stop, to think, to say, hey, am I experiencing one of these things? Okay. We need to like reset. Where's the reset button? <laughs> I need to be mindful and rethink how I'm in- engaging in this moment. Because Zuko could easily, it could have gotten so much worse for for Zuko. Of I don't understand why we're not taking this seriously. I'm very. This is very urgent. Now you're telling me that you're not wanting to do what we said we were going to do. So that's going to add even more stress and anxiety. We're admitting that we aren't ready for all of this. I don't know if we can get to my dad and all of it just starts to compound on things over and over again. Yeah. So this is an interesting point that I'm, I'm being reminded of. Uh, one of the things that I admire about you is that often when in a group of coworkers, when people feel urgent, a lot of times that outward visibility of their sense of urgency is something that people value because it's visible. You can see that they feel urgent. You're working hard. You, you it fe- yeah, exactly. You, it tells the story that they understand how urgent the situation is because of their outward reaction to it. But one of the things I admire about you is that you do not react that way. <laughs> it's actually gotten me in trouble. <laughs> I, yeah. So can you uh, tell me a little bit about that? So your mindset in those situations where this is an urgent matter and everybody else is like their voices are right. Ra- and you're just like, I hear that. Cool. I, I'll go. I will go I get will, that done. I'll go get that done. And you're that just is typically and it, my and response. It, well, and it sounds like you don't care. It has like, right. So tell me pro- about that. What? So there's uh, I remember a very specific moment where someone's paycheck was messed up. Don't know exactly what happened, but it's somewhere along the lines, the paycheck did not come out the way that it needed to. So that employee came up to me and said, hey, my paycheck was wrong. We need you to fix it. In my head, I go, yeah, that's not okay. We need to fix it. So I say, awesome, I will take care of it. And then I turn to my computer and start typing the email to take care of it. But the employee hears okay, I'm going to take care of it, and then I ignored him. And then you brushed him off. And then I brushed him off. That's what that employee felt like. Very valid. Incredibly valid response to that. So for me, I had to get really good about almost faking urgency, knowing that I'm still tackling things correctly, but I had faking to... Faking response to urgency. The faking the yeah. response. I had to go, oh, no, I'm going to get on the phone right now, and I'm going to call them, and I'm going to do that because I care about you. But I had to voice that, which is... Well, those things so, existed. So that's kind of where I was hoping you would go is what solved the urgency was clarity around how you were going to move forward. Correct. Right. It was not like, Hey, I'm going to handle this because what, what happens is a lot of times urgency and people's response to it often stems from your perception of how much you trust said person. Yes. Right. And 
if I don't have a rapport with the person I'm feeling urgent with, or if they haven't been able to be on that level with me before, mm -hmm. I'm going to have a lower level of trust that they sense that level of urgency. Yep, that was the first time that employee needed something from me of that type of standard. And so they were not familiar with my response to it, which is, you just said this needs to get done in the next hour. I'm going to do it in the next hour. Cool. Right? Yeah. Like, that was, that's my mentality. Oh, I don't know if I can get it done in the hour. My response typically is, yeah, I can get that done. All right. Yep. Meeting over? Yeah. Great. Let's do it. But, but so I, I think one of the things that's interesting here is people like being mirrored, I guess, when they're in an urgent situation. They want to see that you are taking it as seriously. They want to be heard. Yeah, doing it. exactly. Yeah. And I do it with parents all the time. I hear you say this. This is what I hear you say is the solution to this. Here are the steps that I'm going to take in the next so these 48 like, hours, I, and then I'll follow up yeah. with you in, in, in two days. So I heard you. This is what I heard you say. Right. So I, I heard you. This is what I heard you say. I'm going to validate what I heard. This is like a natural feeling that you're feeling. That makes sense, right? That makes sense that you feel upset about this yep. i also feel upset about that <laughs> like that's not okay right and like so validating and then clarifying next steps right yeah that's like those sound like really tactful tactful tools to pull out of this conversation and then you have to do what you say you have to do and then do his widow yeah yeah so I think if we're talking if we're talking about navigating urgent situations, the way to be most helpful is one: if you're someone who needs to be prepared, be prepared. If you're someone that needs to do the work prior, do the work prior. Good communication and ensuring that you are taking time to evaluate whether or not you are acting inside of your values inside of urgent situations. Mm. If we do those things, ideally, we're going to handle these urgent, stressful situations a little bit better. Yeah. And I think it's also important to realize that there will always be things on the docket. Always. Right? <laughs> I've got eight things on my docket right now. Yeah. I cleared off 30 today. Eight more popped up in an hour. Yeah. So there will always be things on the to-do list. There will always ha be things that are urgent if we let them control us. The difference is how we respond to the urgency, right? So... I advocate talking to people that you trust. Maybe that's a therapist or not, but uh, that might be a great way to seek help. Does urgency, here's my next question. Does urgency sometimes come out of a place of fear? Tell me more. I look at Azula and she is pushing the people carrying her to go faster She's clearly anxious. She doesn't want to miss the boat. She wants to be there so that they can leave and doesn't want anything to go wrong. And so she's acting outside of her values. Well, maybe. Maybe that is. I don't know. She's at out. She's acting outside of my values, um, yes. which, you know, that is what it is. So does fear sometimes play a big role? Does shame play a big role in us becoming more urgent in things? And I think I sometimes correlate, like, anxious like, does fear and anxiety play into this has to get done now because if it doesn't, then all these other things are going to happen, and here's the domino effect, and so this is why it has to be done in this way in the next 30 minutes. 
Was that a clear question? Was I clear in any of that, or was that well, let muddled? me re- let me rephrase what I heard Please. back to you? That was what a great practice <laughs> practice of a skill. I, I heard the question: uh, Does fear cause or create urgency? As to to boil it down, yes. Um, and and I and I think the the answer is yes. So. Uh, <laughs> All of the things that are downward spiral emotions are exacerbated by other downward spiral emotions, and that's that is my my uh, hypothesis. I have no data to support that, <laughs> um, other than to anecdotal say, data. Yeah, other than to say I have thirty years of life experience. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that when we are. <sighs> When we're tired, when we're scared, when we are uh, overloaded and overwhelmed, I, I think things become, excuse me, become urgent. And I think a, a lot of what what you're speaking to is being overwhelmed is... Lots of feelings. It's fa- Azula's feeling lots of things right yeah, now. Yeah, and I, for Azula specifically, I actually, like, Azula... I had a que- I had a question mark. I had why, and and you gave me one potential answer, but I'm not sure that's the only possible answer why she could be feeling that urgency in this moment of like go faster. Um, is like is it that she is just like she doesn't like to wait because she has been conditioned to not have to wait over the course of her life as princess? Is it because same reason I don't want to wait two weeks for a package that I order? Yeah, like I've been conditioned to receive that two days later because I have free prime being a student, which is great. Um, <laughs> uh, Less you're I, buying a couch from West Elm, then it might be a ooh, six month delivery. I also don't recommend using Amazon just because, you know, they're greedy, but sometimes we gotta do what we gotta do. So moral of the story is buy local. You um, vote with your wallet, people. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, <laughs> vote with wallet. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know why Azula's urgent in this moment. Could it be excitement? Is it like a kid on Christmas? Ooh, that could be good too. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. Maybe she's like, she's about to go take down Bossing Say with her dad who thinks she's super loyal and says so. And that's like his way of showing love. Let's hark back to that episode about loyalty. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's, I just feel like maybe she's just super excited to express her love and feels urgent about showing her loyalty in this moment. Or maybe, it's, maybe I think you pinpoint it. It could just be the norm, right? I have a norm. I like when I go to movies, when we are able to go to movies, whenever that is, but before all of this happened, I like to leave. You are so much more urgent about getting to an the movie. hour. I like getting to the theater 30 minutes before the showtime hits, even yeah. though I know that the movie won't start until 20 minutes after the showtime because of trailers. I just like to be there. I like to get there and get settled and be there before everyone else in the theaters. So I'm sitting around the house, you know, grabbing a cookie, doing this and sunshine's by the door, tapping his foot, giving me the death stare. And it's just act inside your value, sunshine. Yes. I find a sense of love and belonging in the movie theater, <laughs> and I like to experience that. I knew it. Yeah. I knew you had a secret thing with Haru. <laughs> tough. Oh, tough. Um, any other big things about urgency that we want to tackle? Are there any moments? Any? Because it's it really is one almost elongated scene for the most part. It's, yeah. 
Um, there's not a lot of cuts to different things. It's really just these talking about training, and then Aang, of course, walks away. I think the only thing that I, I find interesting is that I think when we are responding to urgency, sometimes we do not allow ourselves time to be to play and be creative. So when Aang took necessary time to discover himself, to experience and, and be self-aware and process. I think we which, argue that it's necessary. I wonder if there are people who say that he should have been training that whole time. And I guarantee there are, right? right? There are people that believe that he would have been better at bending. He would have been more equipped for this battle that he's going to step into. And we get trained from the beginning that if you are not productive for the work that you are getting paid to do, because capitalism, that is your value. Mm-hmm. Your value is in how much work you are doing and how productive you can be how for much the organization you can it. do. People don't see self-development on the same level as on-the-job work. That is correct. When in the reality, it's the metaphor of sharpening your axe. Right. What's that metaphor? Oh, I, I would love to tell you because it, it has nothing to do with Avatar, but has I've, everything to do with self-development. I've never heard this. There's a lumberjack who's really good at cutting down trees super fast, but over time he slows down a lot to the point where he gets fired. He doesn't understand. He had such good numbers. Then he didn't have really good numbers. No idea what was going on. The reality he wasn't taking time to sharpen his axe. He wasn't taking time to continuing to, to hone in on the tools that he needed to be successful and focus on those. And so his work suffered because of it. It also compounds because he was working harder and going slower. Correct. As his knife wasn't, as his axe wasn't sharp. Right. He was swinging faster and harder than all the other lumberjacks. And he was starting to get slower getting less and, slower. and less results. Which, that analogy, now that I think about it, is still pretty inside of a capitalistic society. Mm-hmm. So, But the reality is... Self-development is important. It is valuable. It is worth your time. And so doing that. More than valuable, it's necessary. Correct. It is like it so is Aang, important. And Aang doing that was necessary. Yes. We see that episodes down the line. I agree with you. <laughs> I know. I'm convincing the listeners that it's necessary. <laughs> but if you're listening, you probably already think something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, if you've gotten to this point, it's very you're, likely. You are... <laughs> 58 episodes into this podcast, you probably care somewhat about self-development. But any other big things before we jump to our little break and do our devotion and gratitude? I feel good about a break. All right. We will be right back in just a moment. Alright everyone, welcome back. We're excited to get into this segment of the podcast. Sunshine, how are you feeling? Was that a nice break for you? It was necessary. I needed it. I needed to refill my water. Were you, was it an urgent break for you? Mm, no, but it was important. Ooh, I like it. I like that separation there. Okay, so we are going to be revisiting a sacred practice uh, with our episode, and this, again, is we're, we're doing sacred imagination again. We got some feedback that that was really awesome uh, from a few of our listeners, and we wanted to do it again. So we picked a clip uh, this time, and we want to 
remind everyone that, again, if you want to get into the space, get into the mindset and prepare yourself to hear a clip, if you can, uh, find a place where you can sit down and relax and close your eyes. Uh, if you're driving, uh, keep your eyes open and pay attention to the road. Uh, or if you're doing something else that uh, requires your attention, it's okay. You can come back to this moment if you want to uh, meditate on it, but we'll still play the clip for you. So this clip is uh, Aang dealing with his struggle upon finding the news from Zuko that he is indeed going to have to face Ozai once the comet hits. So take a minute, take a deep breath, and here is the clip. Fire Lord Ozai is a horrible person, and the world would probably be better off without him. But there's got to be another way. Like what? I don't know. Maybe we can make some big pots of glue, and then I can use glue bending to stick his arms and legs together so he can't bend anymore. Yeah, then you can show him his baby pictures and all those happy memories will make him good again. <laughs> Do you really think that would work? No. <sighs> this goes against everything I learned from the monks. I can't just go around wiping out people I don't like. Sure you can. You're the Avatar. If it's in the name of keeping balance, I'm pretty sure the universe will forgive you. This isn't a joke, Sokka! None of you understands the position I'm in! Aang, we do understand. It's just... Just what, Katara? What? We're trying to help. Then when you figure out a way for me to beat the Fire Lord without taking his life, I'd love to hear it! Awesome. So that was an interesting clip. So remember, I probably should have said this before, but you could you could pick anybody to be during that experience. You could be a fly on the wall. You could be one of the characters. Um, just you, the whole goal is to try and experience something new. And so Sunshine, as you listen to that clip, what are what did you experience? Who were you? Where were you? What did you feel, see, sense? I put myself in Aang's shoes mm. and I feel desperate. I feel urgency. I feel anxious. I feel like I'm anxious. looking for... Yep. I feel <laughs> max approval on that. Um, I feel maybe a little hopeless. Maybe I'm at a point where I really don't want to have to to live outside of my values, but I think it's inevitable. So I'm searching for any way to not have to do that. Which makes Zuko's comment to me feel very cruel. So, so I'm sensing from you that you kind of went into fight, flight, or freeze, and you're in like fight mode. It's just, I think processing mode, I think I go into fight mode when I feel like I'm genuinely looking for help, and I get met with jokes. Yeah. And then that puts me into fight mode, because I'm grasping for anything to potentially hold on to and I'm being met with what I perceive as not taking this seriously, joking at my expense, not understanding what I'm going through. Yeah. I think what I'm learning from this is that if I'm, if I'm in urgent mode, I need to not be around other people until I've processed said urgency. Right. I need to, especially someone else who's feeling urgent about the same thing, especially, mm -hmm. especially in like a, a, different, a different way. way. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, so as you said those things, that's helpful because I, I kind of responded as Katara. I remember watching this scene and, and listening to it again just now kind of put me in her shoes of really feeling like as the, the angrier Aang got, the angrier 
and God, I, I became more flustered and I felt myself, I like, I, we, we, we hear her, she gets defensive. And I, I felt that I felt so defensive and I felt so like he, like Aang was accusing me of not doing enough. And it's interesting because like Aang's, all of his, his self-talk is, it's all like shame driving his, like he feels like he's in a, unable to do the things that he's trying to do. He's alone. He feels alone. And my reaction is defensiveness because like, it's just a, like, it's counterproductive, my reaction, but that's what I was feeling. And it's interesting how that works. It's just so interesting. Um, yeah, this is lifting up new things. Like I, I felt my body getting tense. Like my, my shoulders, I was like, if you watch the clip, um, Katara's like hugging herself and like it gets tight. Mm -hmm. And I like, I felt that my, my shoulders got tight and yeah. What an interesting way to dive into that moment. It changes it for sure. You, you realize it's tense when you're watching it, but by putting yourself in it in that way, you realize how high the stakes really are yeah. and how real those feelings are and how much those things can hurt. Those little missteps, which are missteps, which we might say is like, okay, I'm sorry, I was sarcastic. Yeah. Yes, I shouldn't have done that. And with the high, with podcasts, we're like full-on hindsight 2020. Correct. <laughs> but how often do we do that? How often do we throw out a side comment thinking that it's meant to be a joke and not put in ourselves and the other person's experience and say, yeah. I understand why that was hurtful. It's those casually cruel comments that really grind gears. Because even by angst feeling like you don't get it, I'm, I'm feeling alone in this. Katara's going, I've been with you from, from, from day one of yeah. you getting out of that iceberg. How do you feel alone right now? And then how are you kind of throwing this back on me? Like I'm not taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Like I, if you, as you heard that, as you uh, put yourself into that scene, we would love to hear a voicemail uh, of your experience, uh, what it was like to put yourself into that scene and how you responded and what you were feeling. Cause it's worth talking about this and we're late in the game on this podcast, but this whole show has been our experience, our knowledge. We brought in guests for, for to sure. change it yeah. up. But we also have to recognize that every listener is going to have a different experience or understanding. Absolutely. So please bring those in. If there's moments where you just totally disagree with us, let us know. Let's talk about it because Ben and I are here to, yeah. to learn. <laughs> Y'all, I started listening to the, to the show and... There have been so many times where I've been like, I should have said that differently, and like, or I disagree with what I said, and so like, <laughs> you know, we, we a year you, later, yeah, when you know better, you do better, and I thankfully I'm growing and get, and learning from some of the things that I've said, and was well, well, let's let's think about ways we can grow and get better. Let's do our devotion practice for that's this a good good week. segue, good segue. Air is the element, and we're talking about urgency. <sighs> what you got? Urgent air. Uh, urgent air feels like that, that moment where like the need to breathe song, it's about, you know, needing to breathe. It's, they don't write a song about needing to breathe, but you know, it's the band need to breathe anyway. Uh, urgency and air. Sorry. That was an aside. Which um, need to breathe song. I don't know their names. The one Max, the one song they have. They've got more than one song. Yeah. yeah it's that one. Quite a few. Washed by the water. Is it brother? Is it, does that need to breathe? I don't know. Anyway. 
my goal uh, regarding air and urgency is it, I, I feel like the breath is something that I come back to a lot. I feel like I need to be more creative. Um, but it, especially with urgency, like taking the time to center myself and really take a deep breath when I'm feeling in, I'm in urgent mode and to, um, use the breath as checks and balances to, uh, think about the best way to handle the situation. Like, okay, I'm feeling a sense of urgency that is causing this. I need to step away until I've processed it or help me deal with it in the moment by taking a deep breath or several and calming my nervous system so that I can appropriately respond in a way that's acting inside my values. So, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, militaristic breathing. What is it? Yogic breathing, square breathing, square breathing. Mm -hmm. That's the one intentional breathing. Yeah. Mindful breathing Four in hold for four. Yeah. Four out. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. No, yeah. um, I'm going to tag on to that. I think setting Cheater. urgent times for self-development and things that aren't work is stuff that I need to do. Like putting intentional time on the calendar, <laughs> to spend and make those things important and urgent to, to put gym time on the calendar mm. and treat that the same way that I treat yes. a to-do list for work. Um, time with my significant other, put intentional time down and, and treat that the same way that I treat. I've got to get these eight things done. And today. building in like white space intentionally. Correct. Time to just not do anything. Yeah. Um, I need to do that too. To give myself life and to breathe air into me. I think that that's, I have to start treating those moments with the same intentionality and urgency that I treat my work to-do list. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, because mm. if I'm not, then I'm, 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 it's going to affect my work in the long run, but it's going to affect my health as well. So that's And that's health is urgent. Yeah. I like both of our answers. Yeah, I, I'm a fan. All right. Let's get to gratitude. Ooh, I a little love bit of gratitude. gratitude. Here's all right. Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, okay. I'd love for you to go first. I'm giving my gratitude. Uh oh, he starts with a chuckle. To the marketing team behind Ozai's rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me more. <laughs> they had to make so many banners and come up with a whole new logo and costuming for Ozai. <laughs> and I, you know that one, there was not a lot of time between, between him having this grand idea and them executing it. So you know they are working tirelessly. You see the way that they treat people that they view as below them. So I'm sure they weren't treated well. And I bet you the stakes were high. If Ozai's Phoenix King emblem and banners were not perfect... It could have been their lives on the line. Oh, and so no. I just, a lot of gratitude for them to navigate that situation, that fear and pain, and hopefully get to a better place outside of that after everything goes down. <laughs> but to the marketing team who had to do the rebranding for Ozai, I give you thanks. I know that could not have been easy, and I, I hope you're getting to live the life that you uh, deserve to live, which is one of happiness and joy and love and belonging. Uh, I am... <laughs> I'm grateful that you were grateful for them. Um, 
that's that's awesome. I forgot who I was going to be grateful for. I'm grateful for all of them. Um, okay, so I'm grateful uh, for so many things. It's really tough to be grateful for everybody, but okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Toph. We haven't picked Toph in a while. Um, we probably have, but who cares? We love her. Yeah. I, so here's the deal with Toph in this episode. She has moments where I'm like, yes. And then she has moments where I'm like, oh, I don't love that. And somewhere you're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. And and so I am grateful that Toph has learned to become more vulnerable with this group. She is showing more of herself in the sense that she is more aspects and uh, more aspects of her personality. And she is leaning into sharing things that she wasn't able to before or that she wouldn't before and showing affection in new ways. And it makes me sad that Urgent Zuko kind of shot that down because I worry about the after effects of that. But I, I am grateful that Toph is growing into the amazing woman that she will become. And this is just a, a holistic episode in which we get to see different aspects of her that I appreciate. A lot of great Toph moments in this. Yeah. Yeah. She's the Melon Lord. She is the Melon Lord. I could have stopped there. She I could have just said, I'm grateful for the Melon Lord. Yep. We all would have known what you meant. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all, another episode in the books. Three more. Three more left. That's it. That you, is it. If you want us to get to Korra season one, head over to Patreon. Help support us over there. We got a goal of 50 patrons. We had a Bonus really, episodes, live episodes we're doing now. We had a really cool live episode. We've done two of them. And it has been really, really cool to be a part of that. And getting uh, to talk with, with not with just with new people us, is absolutely. like really cool. It makes the whole process even better. So you can head over to patreon.com uh, slash bnb underscore pod to see what different options you have to donate there. Uh, and help support us and get to our goal so we can record Legend of Korra Season 1. Also, BNB underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Dun, dun, dun. Had no idea that was coming down the pipeline, but said, hey, let's do it. And so we do little, we do content bursts over there as well. So join us on TikTok, BNB underscore pod, and then check us out on Facebook. I'm a fan. Anything else you want to do before this evening's over, Ben? I just want to thank you for recording with me. I appreciate it. I want to thank you and thank Max for all the work that he does. Love having him here. This has been Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Pruitt. Thank you so much for listening. You're welcome. You're welcome.